today on Arcade Fire sings the alphabet, Rococo. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. My name is Alex Pande, and beside me is the wonderful Owen Heaney. Hello. We are the only podcast on the internet that talks about Arcade Fire, one song at a time, alphabetically, one song per episode. And today we are uh, we're, we're we're joined for our first guest of uh, of, of season two. Uh, we're joined in the studio by a longtime friend of the podcast, Julius Booth. Julius, how are you? I'm great. Uh, yeah, so glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> glad, glad to have you. Uh, we last week, we, if you were listening to our episode "Soft Power," we touched on a bit that it was a bit out of order. That we 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 know that R comes before S in the alphabet, and we didn't skip Rococo. We didn't skip uh, Signs of Life, which we'll be doing next week. But we just had the guest schedules, and we wanted to have our first episode back be just uh, one of myself, and we didn't want to boot off Julius because. Funnily enough, for all the listeners out there, Julius is the very first guest this show has ever booked. Uh, from the very beginning, from when we recorded our "Hey, we're going to start a podcast" episode, posted it on our social media, and Julius Booth, friend of the podcast, said, "Hey, can't wait to hear what you think about Rococo," and then just yeah, went from and there. And I, I knew that you would make it all the way here, but I wanted to give you guys time to. Get the podcast, you know, get uh, find your identity before that I could really sink my teeth into it. Before bringing your fame and expertise to the show. Exactly. Now, uh, Julius also shared Circle with us was at the Strokes show in Vancouver last week. What did you think of that, Julius? Oh, it was great. Uh, got through pretty much all the songs I wanted to hear. Really kind of kind of had heard uh, all these always before. Mm, always, yeah. But uh, really into their music now as well. Yeah, I mean, Alex and I have seen them three times now. Always, not the Strokes. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just for everyone else listening. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good show too. Yeah, I've got some uh, on the on that note. I have some Strokes Arcade Fire trivia for oh. or for uh, the for the listeners and for the group here. Uh, so there's three Arcade Fire Strokes smallish connections, and um, this is going from from least cool to cool. Is this like trivia, like where we guess, or is this trivia no, like? No, it's more like fun facts. Lame discussion points. I mean, okay, okay yeah, you can get what's what's point number <laughs> we'll one. See if they're fun. <laughs> uh, so at a benefit show, when Will and Regine covered two songs, "In the Air Tonight" by Phil Collins and Seven Nation Army, along with Justin Vernon from Bon Iver and Nikolai, bass player of The Strokes. Wow. It's not it uh, you can look it up it's uh not it's this the recordings of it aren't great the covers are also okay like you know look it up if you want Yeah rating on the fun scale for that piece of trivia is like <laughs> 2 out of 10 Julius I don't know what your normal level of fun, of fun trivia is but I'll give it a 5 Okay okay <laughs> I don't want to alienate you right Number 2 okay minutes. number 2 Owen Pallet former member of Arcade Fire, covered Hard to Explain on Stereo Gum Presents Stroked, a tribute to Is This It. Look that one up. That's that's pretty good. That's that's uh, that's also my favorite Stroke song, and he does it justice. That whole cover album is pretty neat, but uh, it's, a, it's a cool cover. He does a very string-oriented cover of Hard to Explain. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, again, fun rating, probably pretty low, like a four. But interesting fact, like I'm actually going to go look that up later. Yeah, I'd so. really like to hear these songs. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this one, blow your socks off. This last, certainly not least. I'm really excited for on this one. On April 1st, 2014, at Lollapalooza, Arcade Fire, you know, the Reflector Tour. Uh, for Julius, for those of you who don't know, on the Reflector Tour, the band would come out. They'd have people wearing bobbleheads that looked like the band, but it wasn't actually them. And they'd play some cover of some song. And uh, so the band comes uh-huh. out in the bobbleheads. And the they start playing Rebellion Lies. The crowd lights up, you know. Ding, 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 ding. It's everything's going at it. Uh, but the lead singer in the bobblehead mask, the Win Win Butler, takes off his Win like kind of Win style jacket. He's wearing a leather jacket, and just as he's about to say the first words of the song, we see the real band come out. The Arcade Fire, no bobbleheads. Win says, "What the heck is this?" At which head? At which point, Bobblehead Win takes off his mask, revealing underneath Julian Casablancas. Wow! And did then the crowd lights up? I feel like if you're in a concert and you're like somewhat far away, how are you gonna know <laughs> who that is? Yeah, like to be fair, it could have been any member of the Strokes. Yeah. This is jacket. this, this like, oh, is <laughs> it's Julian. It, well, it's it's. Uh, I think Wynn said something like, "Oh, Julian, get out of here," or something like oh, that. Oh, Julian Casablanca, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, they but, didn't play any covers of any Strokes songs or anything like that. But Julian uh, Casablanca from the Strokes. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, rating on that. I mean, like I, I like the progression. I feel like each fact has gotten more fun again. Like a like a five out of ten. Uh, your 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 ordering was very good. Thank so you. That's what <laughs> I can comment on. Thank you very much. I uh, put a lot of thought into it. The uh, Julian does does those kind of things sometimes. I know this summer when the Rock and Tours were were touring, he in in Mexico City, I believe, he came out and they covered uh, the Modern Age, and it was uh, yeah, like Julian sang and Jack did all the guitar solos and you know. Wow. Yeah. It's it, it it is it, it's kind of cool. Like when you do the solo, it is very much. When you hear the solo, it's like uh, the solo played by Jack White. Like it sounds like Jack's stylings and his little uh, fuzziness. Huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I, I I I thought it was I thought it was a great show. I thought that it it was uh, compared to lots of the stadium shows we've seen at this point, including Arcade Fire or The Killers or Jack White. Uh, it truly was a like uh, people weren't just jumping around people it was like a true pit which we've talked about a lot uh and would you recommend to people who are fans of the strokes to go and see him own yeah i'd say so i mean i think it's like based on our experience but i think you know a lot of the experiences can vary widely between concerts so we had a good one i could see someone else going to a different one and having it just not be good so i suggest you go it's a little expensive but it's a real gamble. Yeah, we we did discuss and joke a lot that we were really rolling the dice and paying one hundred and thirty dollars to uh, to have Julian Casablancas come out and disappoint us in person. But it was like they played a long set. They and the big thing for me is that they they truly seemed to be enjoying themselves because you'll watch a lot of their shows where they just are just there. They do not want to be there, but they seem like they're having a good time. I know I mentioned last week about how happy I was to see at the Carnival performance for Arcade Fire this year, how happy they seem. Because it, it is like, 
when a band is doing a one-off sh- show, it, it, it like, like how does everyone want to be there? Whose idea was it? Was it just like one of the guys saying, or one of the people saying, yeah, let, let's just do a show and everyone else kind of dragged along or whether it's for the money or whatever. But it's always, it's always very comforting to see when yeah, the musicians are really more enjoying more fun for the, yeah. the audience too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. You ready to talk about Rococo? Oh, I was born ready. I guess before going into that, uh, longtime friend of the podcast, first guest to ever be booked, but would you d- describe yourself as a big Arcade Fire fan? I would say that I am quite a big fan, but nowhere near the level that you guys are. Uh, well, who oh, no, is? Yeah, <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are top one percenters, top point one percenters. Okay, but you're a big fan of this song specifically. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. Well, what, I, what I'm hoping to get at is, what do you mean, why, why this song? Why on like, like when you saw two years ago that we're making the podcast, and your initial thoughts were, I want to hear what Rococo's all about. Why, why it, this? It was just, uh, I didn't know what. It, now, I, of course, I've done my research on the song many a time, um, but at the time, I, I it was just a one-off song that I didn't really know what the meaning behind it was. I think once you learn the meaning, it becomes a bit deeper, but it. You know, it wasn't actually one of my top songs. I, uh, huh, I didn't realize when, I mean, because you talked with Alex when you chose this. I didn't realize you purposely chose one that you didn't know as well. But you also purposely chose one really far in the future at the same time. So. Yeah, it was a spur of the moment song choice. It, well, yeah. So Should I, tr- should I like, make something up and say, like, it's my favorite <laughs> song of all time? Well, let's say whatever. The first time you drove a car was this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that'd be quite the story. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess I was just curious because, uh, because of this specifically. But So Arcade Fire, then. Let's walk through, like, what are your top five songs? Okay, I wrote these down. I think... Can I get this wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone has to have the same top five songs. Well, no, no. Owen and I, see, whenever we have a guest on the show, we think, we, we write down what their top five songs are, and then you have to, it has to be what we wrote down. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll try to I'll try to stay safe at the safe right, at the start. Let's go. Okay, I like the suburbs. Number five, or are these I'd just in like all I, tied, I, I, all tied for number one? They're all tied. Okay. Okay. I also like ready to start, so I really like the the beginning of that album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I just in order the top first five yeah. songs of the suburbs. Oh, Rococo is one of the first <laughs> five songs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like Afterlife. Yeah. That's okay, and then and then my last two are a little controversial. Empty room and okay, sorry. Oh, a little controversial. I like Neighborhood Number Two. That's a good one. I, I feel like that's Alexander. People people seem to treat it as like the a lesser one of the neighborhoods. No, I think Seven Kettles is the lesser one in the neighborhoods, but like number four. <laughs> I was looking at like the the top ten like Arcade Fire, you know those like ranking uh, things, and it seemed like yeah, it, it was like third. it's definitely ranked below one and three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, I, I like that one, and then uh, even more controversial, uh, Porno from Reflector. Yeah, that's a good song. Uh, that's I gave that a five. <laughs> that was a, that was definitely a song where I underrated it initially, and since I think even we've done the podcast, I've, it's grown on me more because we had a guest on that one too, mm-hmm. and it was like porno. I think is like it definitely it's an underrated Arcade Fire song. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have a whole episode where we talk. Uh, I talk about it. it's an underrated Arcade Fire song, but uh, those are all like neighborhood number two. I gave a four and a half. Owen gave a four. Uh, Ready to start, I think, was a bit lower. Uh, and I, that's embarrassing. And I, I gave a four, and Owen gave a four and a half. And then, uh, yeah, I gave a five to Porno, and Owen gave a three, and our guest uh, gave a four. It's uh, those are good picks. Good, good, good picks. Sweet. Uh, you ready? I, didn't, I didn't want to just go with like Rebellion and 
all the top ones I wanted to go. Yeah, I I mean it's it's uh, when did you start listening? Like how did you get into Arcade Fire? Okay, so this is pretty much blasphemy, but so I I went to McGill my first year of university. This is like 2013, right before Reflector came out, um, and I was making some friends at school, and then one of them messaged me and they're like, "Hey, Arcade Fire is playing a secret show tonight." <laughs> You should for, come. For, sorry for the listener. McGill is the the main university in Montreal. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess this was to promote their the new album that was coming out. Um, and I, you know, I didn't know them that well at the time, and I was tired, and I had like class early the next morning, and so I'm like, oh, you know, maybe next time I don't really know them that well. And then like basically I got into them like the week after because I'm like, I wonder what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so tough I, soak. <laughs> that is truly a tough soak. <laughs> I mean, we didn't go see Reflector the tour because like, when they when they came for Reflector tour, they played a festival Swamish here. festival, and so we didn't see that. And you know, maybe if I look back, you know, maybe I should have gone or something. But yeah, I didn't. I mean, it was high school; didn't really have that kind of mo- money <laughs> to spend on a concert tickets, uh, and it was a festival and was far. But that's uh yeah, I was like, yeah, well, you know, I was at my first year at Concordia, and uh, one of my friends, one of my classes, messaged me saying, "Hey, my name's Win Butler. I've got a new band starting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know how to play the Glockenspiel?" <laughs> Win, stop messaging. <laughs> I got class tomorrow, Win. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you wanna you, you wanna you wanna get into it, Rococo? Sure. Owen, take us away. Some basic facts. This is Rococo is the fourth track of the band's third full-length album, The Suburbs. It is three minutes and 50 seconds, six seconds long. It was released August 2nd, 2010, along with the rest of the album. It has been played live 136 times, which makes it tied for 19th overall, tied with month of May. Uh, its most recent live performance was at Pukelpop, a Belgian mus- music festival, August 16th, 2018. It has 14.7 million streams on Spotify, making it the sixth most streamed song on the suburbs. Wow. It's, uh, how many times has Bad Boy been played live? I said it. 136. So 19th overall. So, you know, like pretty average for for suburb song i mean like like the newer albums right they aren't gonna be played as much live mm-hmm. haven't been played as long then you know this has been i mean they played it before even the album came out i think they first played it like in june so of june of 2010 where we are coming up on you know uh 10 years yeah i i think it's a it's a good i think it's a good live live staple it's not something we've seen but uh i would be happy if it came up um i think honestly that the 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 first ha- I mean, any of their songs really except like soft power i'd be like i'm happy i don't think i don't think there's been a lot of the ones where we've said uh not this one i wouldn't want to hear it live uh julius have you seen them live since i have not uh-uh. one of my greatest shames yeah uh, that's okay beside the initial great shame <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right i mean we ready to get into it yeah julius want you want to start us off to unless you have anything here i mean <laughs> I have just, you know, as to set us in the mood, I have the Merriam-Webster def- definition of Rococo. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Rococo is uh, defined as an 18th century art style characterized by fanciful curved asymmetrical forms and uh, elaborate ornamentation. Also, as an 18th century musical style marked by light gay ornamentation and departure from thorough bass and polyphony. Huh. 
And um, what does it all mean, Julius? Take us away. Uh, <laughs> take us with the first verse here. All right. How should I read it? Just, just go ahead. <laughs> just read the verse. <laughs> Let's go downtown and watch the modern kids. Let's go downtown and talk to the modern kids. They will eat right out of your hand using great big words that they don't understand. And what are they singing? <laughs> Rococo, Rococo. Rococo? Rococo. 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 All right, Julius, yeah, what does that do for you? What do you, what do you think about that? I think the, the dictionary definition really helps with understanding the song. <laughs> um, also the Wikipedia entry. So I, I did a, a Wikipedia on the art form of Rococo. Yeah, so did I. And uh, oh, it's not a competition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is like a classic. We're going um, Goodwill Hunting on this, uh, yeah. But you know the interpretation of uh, Louis XIV style. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure oh, yeah, you oh, think yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah read, I, I, I read Vickers' Vickers' uh, entry on Rococo as well. <laughs> yeah, he argues that. The, the <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, one of the main cr- uh, criticisms of the art form is that it is showy without much significance. Mm. So I think he's saying that, you know, kids, maybe hipsters that he's talked to in the city um, are more presenting than having any real uh, intuitions on art or something like that. Yeah, I think that that, that like it's it's really the uh, nail on the head of, of what Wynn is saying here of nail the... On the head? <laughs> it's really it's, it's it's really hitting it you know what I mean <laughs> it's been a rough episode so far it's really it, it's getting the point across what Wynn's trying to say here of uh, critiquing people's surface level appreciation of sorry that's misrated not that it's a sur- that they're they don't they're, at, they're doing it just on a surface level and just for an outside perspective of like looking cool uh, I think that uh, it's it's uh when I first heard the song, I thought it was a made-up word. I thought, like, that was the point, that it's, like, this is a made-up word that, like, the emperor is not wearing any clothes, which is mentioned on Ready to Start, that it's similar to that, that it's nobody knows what it means, uh, and they're just using it. And I think that is, that is to some extent, like, a, oh, this is this, 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 je ne sais quoi, you know, it's <laughs> it's a contribution to the zeitgeist is just so rococo. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, like, like, what does that even mean? Like, what, do you, what, what are you saying beyond, uh, like, are you connect the... Win is is saying people aren't connecting to these things on like an emotional level. They're only doing it at like a, a cer- to be cool or to be seen doing it level. Yeah, yeah. I like. Well, my favorite part about this first verse is it's really pigeon like for me. It's like it's two people. They're going down to like Central Park to feed the pigeons. It's like they'll eat right out of your hand, and the the act of I mean like all the pigeons are all the same I mean we'll get into that further later but like the act of Rococo kind of sounding like almost cooing of a pigeon as they all kind of like just Rococo to each other but mm. Mm. yeah I, I like that the sort of the, the the cooing sound I think that the daily right out of your hand is very much like uh like I uh, going and, and say like these are like the he's the kind of people that like oh have you heard of this band that has like just to put it in some modern terms like oh they don't even have spotify they're just on Bandcamp, but they have uh they they sold out some show in this underground uh railway 
train car kind of thing like like just cool for the sake of being cool and unknown and like oh wow that's so cool you're so cool uh this is pretty much yeah just like a hipster diss track yeah <laughs> no truly and did uh that that like by spending hundreds of dollars on clothes that to look like you were shopping at a thrift store i uh, i think that i mean it's interesting arcade people a lot of people would say this about I think Arcade Fire fans at the time, and even them at the time, and I, I think Wynn is self-aware enough to know that they were the cool kids and and are the cool kids. And it is a you know all of his all of his songs they're thinking about their state and their own lives and careers at that point. And uh, it it's it's interesting that here we're starting to see we talk about what the overarching themes of the suburbs are about realizing going back to the same places and realizing it's not the same as it was once for you and when he's saying let's go downtown you know we're three and a half albums in here we this isn't the first time we've gone downtown uh it's returning downtown and the modern kids is no longer that like he's no longer a modern kid he's no longer you know the hey us kids know and and or even any sort of child he's a man and he's returning and seeing things and it's i don't think it is that much of a negative i think it almost is a bit of a uh smile like a, that used to be me i used to be like this and i've kind of grown out of it i used i used to think that it was so cool to do these things which all of us do you know everyone will 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 find something that you think is really really cool and then you know a year later you'll you'll like oh what was i thinking uh and i think there's a bit of that in this of when going back downtown and seeing the kids again uh and thinking things like, yeah, you know, I truly, I, I said those words, but I had no idea what they meant at the time. And maybe I still don't, but I, huh, can't, sometimes I can't believe that I'm not one of these kids anymore. Yeah, I think there's like definitely this like hubris with the youth where you leave high school where you don't know anything and all of a sudden you feel like you know everything. And it's like, I think we, they talk about that, like even on the earlier albums as well, this idea of. No, you're the, you you don't understand why people are doing what they're doing, but you feel like you know the answer to everything, and like they're the ones who are wrong. But uh, truly, it it's that that youth that for the first time you feel like you understand the world before you get thrust out and thinking that and realizing that you don't. I uh, and it's I mean that's really what what the suburbs is about, and I think that it's really going to be the theme of our next almost month of episodes because after this other than signs of life we're rattling off four songs off of the suburbs so uh we're really going to be diving into that that going back and, and looking at it again all right you want to sorry go ahead yeah do, you, yeah do you have any more thoughts before we move on julius or? um well i thought that was really interesting what you said about how in his earlier songs uh you know he was kind of that kid do you think that the this song kind of cheapens what he said before where, you know, there's a little bit of a lack of self-awareness. I don't know. I mean, like, I think I really enjoy listening to Arcade Fire through their different albums, understanding, trying to understand the context that they're in and that they come in an order. So in the same way, I think anyone listening to this podcast could probably listen to one hour, a year and a half ago or something and be like, oh, well, they're very different. What they're talking about is very different than maybe what they'll talk about now. It's like the same way that the album is. It's like when they made their fairly funeral, like they were kids. And, you know, so what they talk about, you know, like. But are, that's, they, are they saying that funeral was Rococo? But. I mean, I, I don't think so. No, no, I mean, I don't think so either. But, um, 
I just think it's like, with growth. I mean, I think maybe. Uh, uh, I mean, going on is funeral was funeral Rococo. I think that at this point. Uh, even honestly, even at this point, I think it's only something now with everything now and the themes touching on that that they are realizing that uh, funeral was bigger than they thought it was at the time. You know, I think it's 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 same with like, I mean, just because we were watch, been watching a lot of interviews with the Strokes recently, before and after the concert, or with the Killers with Mr. Brightside, or really any band or artist where their first thing they did was so big so quickly and just just everywhere that they you I mean I, I mean I, I imagine you just you can't appreciate that at the time because that's all you're living in it and you can't you don't have a sense of of, of wow this is really big because you've never done anything else you don't know whether it's always going to be like this or whether it's going to come back down and I don't think that when ever thought that funeral was Rococo but Perhaps the culture of people, some of the people who would have been listening to it and them being a cool indie band who blew up from Montreal, uh, that just because they are they are a very like aesthetic band, like they're a cool band with with uh, cool image, cool instruments and, you know, very, very good music that it's uh, and hey, there's nothing wrong with just liking a band for their image or their aesthetic. If that's how you enjoy music, you know, to each their own. But uh, I think if anything, Wynn would maybe be saying some people aren't connecting to the music and just doing it for the image. But I don't think that it's that self-referential that he'd be referring to their earlier self as a band. Yeah, I just think I think it's like it's I don't think Funeral itself is Rococo, but I think it's very easy to be Rococo about Funeral, especially back then or whatever. It's like the pe- a lot of people who come and they say, Oh, I can't listen to anything that was made post 2010 because it's just I, I think they lost it. They jumped the shark after funeral. I think that can be very Rococo, but the treatment. Yeah, de- def definitely. It uh, it's yeah. I guess it's something we'll 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 build on a little bit here. Uh, Should we continue? Yeah, they build it up just to burn it back down. They build it up just to burn it back down. The wind is blowing all the ashes around. Oh my dear God! What is that horrible song they're singing? Rococo, 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 Rococo. Well, my lyrics don't have that many Rococos. Yeah, we've been doing the show for a while. What What do you think of this one, Owen? With the like the ashes flowing around, this is where it's it's it feels like this post it's like it's an eeriness to the song in that the like the post apocalyptic feel but it doesn't change it it doesn't feel different from the start of the song but it does feel a little post apocalyptic so this is like the, the, there's an eeriness to this i mean alex and i talked earlier this week about we both actually we we put on the suburbs as we were like as i was coming home from work and it's just we're in this world currently with um Alex doesn't want to date the episodes but um <laughs> um where the, the the coronavirus and who knows what's going to happen in the future maybe I won't date it but it's just like we're in this kind of eerie scenario where you don't know exactly what's happening but you're walking around and everything feels normal but you get a news alert and like, things maybe things aren't as normal as you think they are and that's why I get kind of with a bit with Rococo as well I mean like it's not sticking with this, the theme we were on before but it's like the, the different parts of like specifically this like verse too is just like 
everything seems all right and it seems normal. And this is like this is more of a greater suburbs theme, but there's like an eeriness behind it that 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 isn't normal. Yeah, this I would say this is definitely the the most pessimistic uh, stanza yeah. of the song. Yeah, definitely. I think that this is something that also could have been straight off a of reflector. Like this is the kind of thing that they're talking about on reflector because I, which which is when I think they start to turn it onto themselves that now we are the ones who are being built up and burned back down because of what happened with the suburbs getting so big and then people saying, "Oh, well, you're not the same" and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I think that at at this point, it it truly is that the build it up to burn it back down is that that mentality of something not being cool because it's popular that uh that or or that like someone who you perceive as uncool now likes this therefore even if you like it it's not cool anymore because they also like it uh and like oh i was there first uh, it, it, it's it's uh it's 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 truly a a, a song sung by rococo is a, a word sung by uh in, in in some extent the uh james murphy character in, in losing my edge of of uh but rather than this like i was there and i was doing it's more like yeah i saw them before they got really big and and uh i was there I, you know i don't actually like them that much but i was there before they were cool kind of mm-hmm. thing that it's it's very like like every like like post on your instagram story that you're there to show everyone that you're doing these things yeah i like that because it is very much it's the by becoming, by enjoying it, you are making it cool, and then if it becomes cool, you can't enjoy it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I like the like the cyclical nature of what they're kind of getting here. Yeah, and I I think the 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 oh my dear God, what is that horrible song they're singing? Like Rococo, it's it's like what are these what are these nothing words there? Like people are saying like oh the the uh, the the instrumentation is so baroque or uh, like like what is that like like oh wow that's so so smart that's so edgy you're so you're so you're so cool for 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 thinking that uh, and I, yeah Wynn is just kind of critiquing. So you don't think he's talking about. Uh, he's, this is from his perspective or not from the perspective of one of the people singing Rococo? This, who, who is saying, oh, my dear ah. God, what is this horrible song? That's, uh, I never thought of it like that. I, I, always, I always thought that it's the, uh, that it's, it's, well, whatever the character who's been speaking the whole song is saying, like, oh, my God, what is the horrible song that the cool kids are singing like Rococo is the horrible song, like the the right, term right. Rococo, but I never thought of it as like, uh, I don't think he's asking them Win Butler. Yeah. I, as a, as a, one of the cool kids saying like watching the band that's no longer cool and saying, what is this horrible song they're playing? I wish they'd play the old stuff from before they were popular kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What do you think about that Owen? Yeah, no, I mean, I think we get a lot of this throughout as we talk about the songs, but like we see a line and it's like one person interpreted it much differently than the other people have interpreted it. That. So I like, I, I, I'm just thinking that too. I was thinking before what Alex was thinking about how the narrators is talking about all these kids. It's like, what, like, that's the words don't mean anything. But uh, I like Julius's version of looking at it too, is just like it's the idea of, you know, like the very judgmental modern kid and what they see the song as. Yeah, it's uh, hot takes <laughs> from the modern kids. All right, Owen, you want to take us to the end? Mm-hmm. You already did all the Rococos, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
They seem wild, but they are so tame. They seem wild, but they are so tame. They're moving towards you with their colors all the same. They want to own you, but they don't know what game they're playing. They're singing Rococo, 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 This just speaks to me in the the why are you wearing a t-shirt from a band you don't know any of the music from kind of thing. Like, uh, like let like the cla- like unknown pleasures, uh, n- anything from Nirvana or Led Zeppelin, like the classic rock T-shirts that AC, are just AC, very AC, yeah. like the ones that are just very very aesthetic and that people would wear because they just like how it looks and maybe don't even know that it's a band. Uh, and I think that that's like the uh, that they're moving toward you with their colors all the same. Uh, like the people, everyone dressing in the same way in like the. Like spe- like oh something quirky and original that looks just like everyone else in the room. Uh, but again, nothing wrong with that. If that's you know everyone everyone wants to wants to dress the way they want to dress, but Wynn doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing too. Is like I wouldn't say I'm that judgmental about people's like choices. It's like it's there's not some social obligation that if you like some band, you have to like listen to every single album and every single song they've ever made. And like, if you don't do that, then you can't really say you like the band. I think that's just going to be a very judgmental perspective and that can be a bit much, but I think way that, yeah, what they're trying to get at is this like falsity, like this kind of like hollow shell and you know, something with a little bit more substance can be better. Yeah. I, it's a, my my big question here is and what I thought about a lot uh I'm I'm really one to think about when we do these what's the last line like what is what is the state like the last statement that that they're leaving us with uh, uh you know I talked about no cars go about the change of it uh, don't know where we're going on this one this one they said they want to own you but they don't know what game they're playing what what what's that the last line is Rococo. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, though. But uh, the game they're playing. What what's the game they're playing? Tennis. Uh, for someone not in the peanut gallery, <laughs> Julius, what do you think? What, like, what do you think about what what is what does Win know now that they don't know about the game they're playing? Like, what what do you think that is? Well, as you were saying before, Win is kind of saying that you know I've played this game before. I um, I figured it out eventually, but at the time he didn't know. But it seems to be, you know, a game of peacocking where we're trying to, mm. you know, show that, oh, I am, I'm with it, I'm cool. Um, and that, you know, to be cool, you need to present as, you know, like, I, I know the coolest bands and you don't and stuff. But if everybody's doing this, then you kind of all being the same. Yeah. Um, and you're, you know, self-sabotaging. Yeah, I think I think definitely, uh, and you know, in a in a further way, if if Win is saying that by doing this, you're not really developing any sort of opinions or tastes of your own, just kind of parroting like uh, Pitchfork or whatever, whatever, whatever popular perceived cool thing that like uh, that you're not really experiencing and getting a chance to actually connect with something like you're losing that emotional connection when you're just liking it at the surface level uh but i also think that it could be that they don't know what game they're playing in the theme of the album of when 
started off going on a walk on the suburbs and is, is going for a walk and a drive to all these different places. And this being at the end of the song, him being like, a, like you know, they want to own you, but they don't know that pretty soon none of this is going to matter because they're not going to be kids anymore. Like you're thinking about all these insignificant things and it's not going to matter because pretty soon you are going to grow old and I really don't want that to happen and I know now that it will and maybe I wish I spent less time trying to fit in and more time finding the wilderness because I sure can't find it now. Uh, that I that which which is I which I mean I think the main thing of the suburbs of 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 when Win's whole journey of 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 trying to find it again and realizing that these kids like life is life is life is long but your youth is short and it's going to be over soon. Mm. So is the whole album kind of in a way making one of those like uh you know reasons for something reasons against list where you like jot down pro and cons of yeah pros up. and cons sorry <laughs> <laughs> big uh, reasons for reasons against food food shovel <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and do you think that this song is like maybe you know maybe nostalgia is not for me it's kind of it's his pro or his con or whatever yeah i uh I think uh, we haven't even really touched on the idea of nostalgia and and that coolness of things used to be cooler. Like, uh, uh, oh man, the scene was so much better ten years ago, or or the scene was so much better, you know, when this band was big, and now everyone's just imitating them, and, and that longing for an older time. Uh, I I I I, li- I like that at the suburbs uh, pro and con list on <laughs> on whether it's worth it to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, like, to go into, like, the wasted hours and suburbs continue, it's like, like, all the time I wasted. It's like, it just goes to show it's, I don't know, I think there's, like, value in nostalgia, but, like, I think this song is just trying to say, yeah, but don't get too lost. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and real, I mean, we haven't, we'll, we're, we'll touch on it, uh, we, we have touched on it on and off, but, like, that the, the go back and if you really think about it, were things that great? Uh, which is a bit here, uh, which which I think, yeah, it is a pro and con list and ultimately realizing that uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter why I'm listening to these things. Not, my life's never going to change. I'm never going to be young again, so I may as well enjoy the moment. Do you have anything else to say about the, about, about the lyrics there, Julius? What do you think? I think that this is – I like the word Rococo. It kind of, you know, sums up yeah. the song just in the sound of the yeah, it just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> it, uh, I really liked your pigeon uh, imagery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder... Uh, feeding, oh, him, sorry. Out, feeding him yeah. out of your hand. They're all coming, all colored all the same. <laughs> I wonder uh, how long... Like, did they... Did Win know this is the word he wanted, or did he go through a lot of different, like, uh, impressionist... Uh, no, 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 no. Broke. Broke, I, I know that, um, like, say, you know, you know the the song, the Vandalaw Crybaby Geeks by the National. Uh, um, maybe. Oh, well, anyway, it. Uh, I know that Matt Berninger is in an interview was saying how long it took he, that for to come up with the name Vandalile 
for in the chorus, he he, it, it, he says that, and that he like he knew it had to be three syllables because that's how it fit in the song, and he wanted to come up with a name of a person to to uh, just be the character in the song here, and how long it took him to find one that just rolled so nicely with uh, with the rest of the lines and 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 with the theme and was a. And I, yeah, like, I wonder if he hit, when had a big list of art periods and, and words that kind of meant this. But I think maybe not because of how specific Rococo, the, the people you were saying uh, from the Wikipedia article about people saying it's all flash and no uh, substance that it. Uh, when you asked me if I knew that song, mm-hmm. I really wanted to say, yeah, of course I know it. <laughs> we're on a music podcast. But then that would have been Rococo. <laughs> and I now know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of it musically, Julius? I think it's a good song. What? Well, um, yeah. And, uh, instrumentally. Yeah. Instrumentally. Really, yeah. really gets me with all the instruments. The, <laughs> the guitar. It it is. I think the guitar. The, we get a real classic arcade fire guitar solo at the end. Like that. Whenever uh, Richard or uh, Tim do a solo, it's like this is the exact tone they use. Like they, it's for all of this. Like whether it's. Uh, well, I mean, really, any of them from all of the albums up to this point, it's like this is their guitar solo tone, and uh, it's it's good. It, I think that it's uh, not intrusive. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. I mean, we've talked about that. Very few of them have like a like a iconic riff that you can like watch in a twenty rock riffs of the twentieth century yeah. kind of. Where video. you like hear like three notes on a piano, and you're like, oh, that's yeah. black and black or whatever. Yeah, it'd be like like modern man maybe, and we, we've talked about a little bit of them, but overall they're more like uh, the 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 solos are complementary. They're not the main part of the song. Mm-hmm. And I like how it features some classic arcade fire crescendos with the rococo rococo. Like it's like something you can like dance to or not dance to, but like chant. Ch- Chant, yeah. I think that's my, my next thing was 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 going to be that compared to we talked about soft power, it truly is an like soft power. We talked about trying to was the song we had last week. Uh, tries to be an anthem, and this one truly like this is something you can chant with the cool kids outside an art gallery for you know whatever reason. Uh, it, it is like it it's chantable. It gets you going. It builds up. Uh, I also really like the uh, the like the little strings in the beginning and throughout. It uh, it's uh, I think that the suburbs has a lot of instrumentation of like wind blowing of like of of just time sort of passing and these little like uh, dream sequence things. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, all right, Owen, you, you ready to go into ratings? Yeah. Do you know how the metrics work, Julius? I give a score out of five. Yes, and but metrics though that seems like a metric. Well, well then why don't you go first and um, he'll uh, pick it up. So we pick we pick two to three words, or I mean as many words as you want, but to make it into the metric from the song. So mine is great big words. So I give the song four great big words out of five. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, but um, in terms of my justification for that, I think this is a solid song on a solid album. I think. It deservedly has its place. It's I think it's slightly overshadowed by its predecessors on the album, and that can be tough. But uh, musically, lyrically, I think there's a lot here to talk about. I think this is like a, a good song for a podcast episode. Like versus some of the song, like some of the songs we've done before, it's like there's not much substance. And I mean, we spent this entire podcast talking about like songs and substance and what does and what doesn't have it. And I th- what song has the least substance? 
Uh, soft power? No, it wasn't. Chemistry. <laughs> That's an easy answer for the fans. Yeah. But um, I think I'd have to look over the, like, the list like more. But like there's there's some Arcade Fire songs that have like much less substance than for sure than Rokoko. Uh, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you think, Julius, out of five? Um, I'm going to use the Rokoko scale. Okay, so fair enough. Uh, Rokoko. 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 <gasps> Rokoko. That's four Rococos out of five. Okay, okay. So same score as Owen. Yeah, that's... Uh, but I wasn't being Rococo. I wasn't trying to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have to give the exact same score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for me, I have how many bad songs they're singing out of five, and uh, I have... It's horrible songs. I like to put my own little things oh, on okay. them. <laughs> but sure, how many horrible songs they're singing out of five... And I'm right there with both of you at four horrible songs out of five. I I was back and forth debating whether this is a four or a four and a half for me. Oh, I didn't know we could. Oh do yeah, that. why? But sure. No, I'm cool with four. <laughs> I you could have gone Rococo, 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 Roke, or <laughs> that's Oko. Oh, that's, yeah, you can only do it in thirds. <laughs> oh, Roke. I, yeah, Roke. Rook. Anyway, uh, it's 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 a really good song. I, I do like it a lot. I know a lot of people don't like this song. I know a lot of people like this is a the worst song on the album. That's for them. why I, I wanted to be on this one. Mm. It's a controversial one. It yeah, I, I think some people are gonna be upset we didn't give this like a two or a. But I I like it a lot. I it's always been one of my like. I wouldn't say favorites on the album, but it's one that I like a lot and one that I'll even actively want to listen to at points. I think it's part of a very strong start to it. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not a five though. It's 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 not even a four and a half. Like I also gave a four to Ready to Start, and yeah, it's I like it as much as that. Yeah, it's um. I mean, it was interesting for Juno's 2011. This is uh, one of the songs they played. I don't know if they played multiple songs, but uh, Rococo out of the entire Suburbs album, they chose to play Rococo. I think that that's could, that could definitely be a statement in and of no, itself that we could explore. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and when 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 saying everyone at the Junos is not a real music fan. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, and Julius, any any final final thoughts? Um, just grateful to be here. Hey, we're 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 very very happy to have you. It's been it's truly been a long time, a long time coming. Yeah. It's been uh, as long as you've been running the podcast. Uh, Owen, any closing thoughts? I mean, Julius, is the same thing you want to plug? I, I think I'm just going to plug washing hands. Uh, <laughs> I know you didn't want to date. The <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a good call. I mean, everyone, stay stay safe out there. We 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 love you all. Thanks for listening, Julius. Thanks so much for for coming and joining us this morning. And everyone will uh, see you next week with Signs of Life. Mm-hmm.